Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here it is, your April 2nd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is Friday and the second of consecutive days without a Flyers game. They'll be back in action tomorrow to take on the New York Islanders. They'll begin a stretch of three games in four days. Uh, Saturday night against the Islanders on the road. Monday night against Boston at TD Garden in, in Boston. And then back at the Wells Fargo Center Tuesday to take on Boston. It's going to be a really busy week of hockey. And then Thursday, they'll also take on the Islanders uh, at uh, in New York, and then back-to-back games on Saturday and Sunday. Boston uh, at home on Saturday, 2 o'clock, and the Buffalo Sabres on Sunday, April 11th at 2 o'clock, also at the Wells Fargo Center. A lot of action last night in the NHL from the East Division. Some interesting results. The Penguins got a 4-1 win over the Boston Bruins. The Rangers got a 3-2 overtime win over the Buffalo Sabres, and the Islanders doubled up the Caps with an 8-4 win. They put an 8 spot on the Caps. And uh, Matthew Barzell, three goals, two assists, five-point night for Matthew Barzell. So what does that mean in the standings? Well, it means right now the Caps and the Islanders are tied at the top of the division. The Caps have played one less game. They each have 50 points. The Penguins also with 50 points through 37 games. The Boston Bruins through 33 games, now only two games in hand on the Flyers, 41 points. Flyers three points back through 35 games with 38 points, tied in points with the Rangers. Flyers have played one less game. Rangers have played 36. Flyers have played 35. So uh, a new month is here, the month of April. I know frustration is still very, very high uh, for Flyer fans, and I understand why. It was an absolutely horrific month of March. That is now in the rear view. We'll see what April brings, but April also brings the trade deadline. And after this month of March, where they went into the month with an 11-4-1 record, the highest uh, points percentage or winning percentage in the division to now uh, being in this position where they are uh, has people very frustrated, myself included. So what I wanted to do on this episode, while we had a couple of days between games and we could stretch our legs finally for a little bit, instead of previewing games, reacting to games, previewing games, reacting to games like we've been doing for the past 33 days is I put out a tweet that I just said for tomorrow's Flyers Daily, give me rational and realistic answers to what you would do if you were making any and all decisions about the Flyers for this season and beyond. And I said, again, rational and realistic. Remember, the cap is flat and the expansion draft is happening. So go for it. And we've got a, a, an enormous response. And I got to thank all the people on social media, on Twitter, that respond with questions for Flyers Daily, uh, with things like this. Uh, Your interaction is what really drives this podcast. It's me basically sitting in a room talking, uh, but your voice is heard. And I'm going to read a bunch of these, and we're going to go through a bunch of these. Some of them I vehemently disagree with. Some of them I like the creativity. I don't think they're possible for a couple of the reasons which I mentioned in the tweet, A, a flat cap, and B, uh, that you do have an expansion draft looming, and we know that uh, right now in the NHL, trades are not a plenty, and teams are not taking on players with term or players with cap dollars attached to it. it expiring deals, that's that's something where I think we'll see some movement. Flyers have some players that they could move with that exact scenario. We'll see if they do. But as we saw with the Shane Gosses Bear wave, him going through waivers, is he had two years beyond this one left on his contract with a cap hit of $4.5 million. And when teams look at that, that's an area where they go, I can't add that right now. So 
that's going to be part of the equation. Uh, so let's go through a bunch of these, and I think there's some interesting ones here, but, but let's get right to it. Bob Haynes, who is a frequent tweeter to Flyers Daily, says, I would move a forward like TK and Frost for a true first-pair guy over the summer. We have cap space with Gus coming off and trading TK plus others. He said, I would target Jones and Ellis. So Seth Jones, who has a year remaining on his contract after this season, and then he'll be a UFA, and he'll, he'll cash in. He's a right shot, legit number one D-man that can play a ton of minutes in every role for a team. Absolutely. I, I've i mentioned Seth Jones, that he's one of those guys that I move mountains to try and get. Uh, Ryan Ellis is the other one that he mentioned uh, from the Nashville Predators, has been linked to the Flyers and some rumors. Uh, we'll see if Nashville is actually back in the mix right now, so I don't know that they're going to move Ekholm or Ryan Ellis or any of them. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but I, th- I think what you're alluding to, Bob, is something in the off season. I, I think you're going to have to get bold here to make to, to make some big changes. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, when I look at it, you know, we get attached to players and and we value them because they wear the jersey of the team that we root for, but as far as I'm concerned, there really is, there's no untouchable players in sports anymore. You can trade anybody. It just depends on what the return is. I mean, the, the one guy that I'm not trading is Sean Couturier, even though that'll be brought up later. He probably would bring you the best value, and he's going to be coming up on a contract extension in a couple of years where he's going to, he's going to get a nice haul. Uh, but that's not, a, that's not a hole I'm willing to create. Uh, and obviously, you know, I look at Ivan Provorov as well in that same regard. He's not as established as Sean Couturier, but he is a guy that's a minutes eater. And with the right partner, I think you could have a really dominant top pairing uh, with Ivan Provorov and say it was Seth Jones. I mean, geez, how good would that be? It would be tremendous. You're putting a top pairing in a position to be great at both ends of the ice. So I'm not looking to create that hole. Uh, but other than that, I, I have to look at everything. You have to look at everything. And you, and right now, with a flat cap and an expansion draft and everything else, you've got to get creative. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, Bob, you're off to a good start. Um, you know, I'm not looking to trade Travis Konechny. I know he struggled in the bubble, and he's been very erratic this season. Uh, Morgan Frost is a guy that has got tremendous upside, but we've only seen a little bit of him in the NHL. So, uh, and he's well thought of around the league. So he would bring you a good return, a guy like Morgan Frost, because number one, he doesn't have big dollars attached to him. And that is very attractive right now in the trade market. Uh, Ronnie Serpico tweets and he says, a franchise altering trade. Make Buffalo an offer for Eichel, Frost, Patrick, Sanheim, Konechny, any combination of players and picks to get it done, then focus on D in free agency. Um, get rid of hopefully a contract and expansion and trade Drew or Jake. Now, okay, so going back to what I originally said about, you know, rational and, you know, things that can, that actually can happen, realistic. Trading Jake Voracek, I think, is, is very difficult with his contract. He's got a couple of years left, over $8 million a year. Drew's got one year left beyond this one. He has a no trade, but we're not even going to talk about the no trade right now. Uh Players aren't going to, or teams are not going to be looking to take on that kind of cap hit for north of 30 players. They're just not going to do it. Plus, because the, the other part of it is the cap is going to be flat, presumably, for a couple of seasons. So I, I think that that part of it is very unlikely. 
maybe you know a guy like Voracek or James Van Riemsdyk could be plucked in expansion, but I don't know that you can trade either of those players. Um, I think it's a really difficult putt. You'd have to retain dollars, and now you have money on your salary cap that you're un- unable to use. So you you got to figure that out. Again, I'm not going to poo-poo anything in regard to any player, despite how I feel about them or their career, a guy like Giroux. Uh, but I think that that's just a tough putt. As far as going all out for, for Eichel, I, I don't see an issue with that. If you find a palatable deal and you get the best player in the deal— then I, a lot of times I think you win that deal. I think the team that gets the best player in a multi-player deal for a, a star player usually wins the deal. I, I've always said this, trading a star player, you never, give, you never get back what you give up. And I always think you're on the short end of it. Yeah, you plug a lot of holes, but you, you gave up the best player. That would be Buffalo in this scenario. So uh, Eichel is absolutely a, a guy that, I would look at, no question about it. And look, they may have to move him. Kevin Adams may have to move him out of there based on what's going on. Uh, Vince Mallett tweets and says, no problem trying to move Gustafson, Braun, Raffle, etc. No point in trying to trade for someone now. It would make no sense with the expansion draft looming. Expose Voracek and JVR and pray they get taken. Package some PCs to get a D-man in the offseason. Well, you're going to have to, I I agree. I think the, the top pairing defenseman is is the biggest concern. I've said it on here before. Talked to Jeff, Chuck Fletcher about it that having that number one uh, top pair D pairing that can shut down the opposition's top line and limit them in games is paramount in this league. And I think that that's still a need. I don't think that the answer to that exists on this team currently or in the organization right now. Uh, so I, I would agree with that. As far as moving Gustafson, Braun, and Raffle. Um, uh, some people on here are going to mention Scott Lawton as well because he's an expiring contract for the Flyers. If they deem, and we'll know this, I think, within the next week, I mean, you've got to have some real success against the Boston Bruins in these next couple of uh, occasions when they play them, and they play them a couple times over the next uh, week and a half, um, that they're definitely going to be sellers. And I know that seems silly to say right now coming off the month we just came off of. Uh, but if that is the case, then, yeah, there's no reason to – with expiring contracts, to not try and get something in return. And I think all of those players would be movable. All right, Dana Rose tweets, and he says, move all expiring contracts for picks, kind of just what we talked about. He said, expose uh, JVR and Voracek to Seattle and let them choose who they want. Well, they may not want either of those players. They may want to go with somebody for a different need. Uh, We don't know that. You can try and entice them by sending them a pick or sending them an asset, um, he said, I can't see many of the top six forwards being available to them, so they take one here, possibly. Uh, and then he said, also, take a run at uh, Dougie Hamilton, and if not, then maybe Adam Larson. He said, depending on our cap situation, after taking a run at Hamilton, trade Ghost to Vancouver for Holpe. Holpe has one year left, and maybe we get lucky, and he turns it around and can split with Hart. Well, I, I don't think that, again, I don't think that Vancouver is going to trade their backup goaltender who they just signed to a, a two-year contract to, to be there alongside their young goaltender, Thatcher Demko, who they just signed to a five-year, $25 million contract for a guy they could have just claimed off waivers for free and a $4.5 million cap hit. They've got their own issues. They've got guys they got to sign. they got to sign Elias Pettersson, who could be offer-sheeted 
And in a flat cap world, if a team's got cap space and you're a team that has got a young player that you don't have a tremendous amount of room for, you can really put the screws to somebody. So I don't think that that part of it is possible. The first part, though, is is something absolutely I would investigate. Um, Instigator tweets in, and this is this – is, I'm stunned that he said this. He said, Trey Couturier at the deadline will never be more valuable than he is right now. And then he also said, trade Lawton and Raffle, easy to move. See if someone will bite on JVR, get the Kraken to take Voracek, fire AV, and hire Gallant, start over with a fast stick handler types, draft, and go after. Um, okay, so let's start with Couturier. The amount of holes, if you trade him, you're not going to get what you give up. You're just not. And while he is, he's still 28 years old, and he's got a contract coming up a year beyond this, which is his, the contract he's on is phenomenal, but the next one's going to be a big one. But he's the type of player that, like Patrice Bergeron, could you imagine trading Patrice Bergeron at 28 and not paying him? I can't. I think that would be, I, I don't think that's a good idea at all. Uh, as far as trading Lawton and Raffle, okay, makes sense. If, if they're going to be a seller, then expiring contracts. Uh, crack and take Voracek, we talked about that. As far as fire AV and hire Gallant, okay, Gallant got to a Stanley Cup final with the Vegas Golden Knights on a magic carpet ride. But what has he done since? I mean, I, I don't – look, I don't think they're going to terminate their head coach, Elaine Vigneault. Did, was he an albatross of a coach last year? I thought he was a good coach. I mean, he was second in the Jack Adams. He turned the team around. He, he hasn't been able to get the team back to that form. Is that on him or is that on the players? That's how depends how on how you view things. But I don't think that that's, that's an option. I really don't. But, again, I, I don't know for sure. I don't know what's on the table. Zach Anderson tweets in. He says, honestly, not much. Not a popular answer. But this year was a weird year. And until COVID hit the team, they were rolling. Whether it's just coincidence or uh, the cause is unknown, but I'm not blowing it up without knowing that answer. Look, I get it, Zach. We don't know that answer. We don't know the effect of COVID on the players, especially when they came back and then they rolled right into this 19 games in 33 days without back-to-back days. But to me, I'm sure they are a tired team. No doubt about it with all that hockey being played and not a lot of practice time and everything else. I'm sure they're a tired team. But I also watched them on Tuesday in the game. Yeah, they looked tired the first two periods, but then they came barnstorming back with a shortened bench in the third period. So that doesn't lend itself to just the fatigue factor of, you know, condensed, extra condensed schedule because of a COVID pause and everything else. So while I agree, I need to know how much of that answer has affected certain players or this weird year has affected certain players, especially young players, guys like Sanheim, guys like Myers and others, Travis Konechny. I got I to gotta know how that has affected them, but I still have to do something. There's still s- some change that needs to be made, even though it's it's been a very weird year. Too much has taken place. Too many things that cause you to scratch your head have taken place to stand pat is what I'm saying. All right, Philly Talk TK tweets in. He says, trade Gus and Ghost for Ellis at the deadline. This could help us get back toward that defensive structure we need, and we keep Sam's physicality back there, Sam Moran. Put Farabee back with Lawton and JVR. That line at the beginning of the year 
uh, so many pro- caused so many problems for the opposition. And he said, I think this team still has a good core, but that one missing piece is the reason the puzzle isn't complete. I've talked about slotting, and I agree with you that if you add a top pair D-man, then it does slot everybody on the back end differently. But you're not going to get Ryan Ellis for Eric Gustafson and Shane Gostaspair. The Nashville Predators could have just grabbed Shane Gostaspair without giving up anything, and they didn't. And Eric Gustafson is an expiring contract, so that's not even close. So while I appreciate your creativity, um, that's not possible. Uh, Flyers1221 tweets in, he says, dump the coaching staff, hire Mark Recchi as the head coach, bring in Hitch as the president of hockey operations, and Kimo teaming in to run the PK. Okay, um, so I'm going to get rid of the guy who was the Jack Adams finalist last year and hire Mark Recchi, who's never been a head coach and is now on his second team as an assistant coach. And I love Mark Recchi. Uh, I'm going to bring in Hitch as the president, even though Hitch is retired uh, already came out of retirement once. Don't think that he's really into being the president of hockey operations. And Kimo Timonen run the PK, who's never coached. Um, I'm going to take a pass on that suggestion. Uh, Jay Farringer tweets in. He says, move players lower in the lineup as Reynolds, like Rafa Lawton, Gus, maybe Nicholas Albay-Kubel now, or at the trade deadline, give Lashinsky, York, Allison, Zamula some run, bank as much cap space as you can to make a move at the trade deadline to add a player with term and have ample space to make bigger changes in the offseason. Now, th- this I, I, I agree with a lot of it. Uh, I Lashinsky was just recalled uh, to the Flyers taxi squad from uh, the Phantoms. Uh, they sent Bunneman and Car- Carson Torinsky back down. So it looks like Lashinsky is going to get a taste, and he's earned it. He's been really good. Uh, York just signed his entry-level contract coming out of Michigan. i got to see what he does in the AHL before I just throw him into this soup defenseman look I'm a little old school with the I'd rather a guy be overcooked than undercooked so I, I gotta see what York's gonna do at the Phantoms level before I'm gonna just say let's bring him up um, Allison I think is gonna get his shot as well Wade Allison he's been since he's gotten healthy has been good Zamula uh, maybe we see Zamula at some point they really like him I like him I think a lot of us like him especially you know, seeing some of his action over the last couple of years and his progression. Uh, but as for York, I'm just not going to throw him into this right now. I don't think that that's a good idea. Yeah, he gets to cut his teeth. Maybe he gets his first game and his ELC starts this year. It wasn't an ATO, an average, you know, an amateur trial contract. So, and the clock's ticking, but I want to see him in the AHL before I make that determination. Just coming out of Michigan, it's just not that easy of a jump unless you're one of those elite, elite players like Kale McCarr was. Uh, Ryder Calhoun tweets in. He says, part number one, get heart and goal. Got to see if he has shaken this dark cloud hanging over him, or he will need more of a 1B type for next year, which will cut into expected cap expenditures. And he said, part two, defense, trade 61 and 56. Be willing to part ways with either Myers or Sanheim. Go and get a, tr- a true proven top-pairing D-man to play with Provi. If the cost is 6 or 5, in other words, Myers or Sanheim, and a forward prospect, do it. Or if 6 and 5 uh, are greater than York or Zamula, make it happen. Sign a proven defensive defenseman in the offseason. Um, I agree with a lot of this. Uh, I'm not sure about just throwing Carter back out there right now. Uh, I don't know. I've communicated with Carter a bit over the last couple of days, at the last week, 
uh, in regard to uh, the sports psychologist, John Stevenson. I don't know if you saw that tweet, uh, but I have uh, corresponded with Carter a little bit here and there. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not at his practices. They're on, they've been on the road. I don't know the foundation of his game. If it's back to where they feel comfortable or he feels comfortable. So I'm not sure about that. I want to get him back in there this year. I don't know if that's right now, but I want to get him back in there this year. So, it, you know, I want him to go into the off season feeling a lot better. And I, I would prefer not to shut him down the remainder of the way. Now there's some conjecture out there that the Flyers are looking to add a goaltender, a guy like Jonathan Bernier. That would be very interesting. Um, it, it Frankly, when I heard that some of that chatter, it kind of shocked me. But, I mean, Bernier's in a, a, a contract that's expiring, and if you wanted to shut Carter down and acquire a guy like Bernier, they could do that. But it's not. It's probably not what I would be looking to do. Um, East Van Philly says, I'd move on from Fletcher. Both Holmgren and Hextall at least did something. One got in cap space trouble, and the other was too patient, but they left behind young talent and hope. Fletcher has done nothing despite inheriting a team that had potential. The only the only issue I have with this is this is you know Chuck Fletcher was here when he replaced Ron Hextall in I think it was December of that season, and then he came back the next year. He hired the coaching staff, Elaine Vigneault. They came in. They were a really good team last year. Had Matt Niskanen retire on him in a pandemic with a flat world. There wasn't a lot of player movement. There wasn't a lot of options. And you may say, I'm alibying for, for Chuck Fletcher right now. But what were the options? What were the options that he could have? Who, who were the players that were available that would have helped them? I, I, I just don't see it. And in this season, he, he talked about it on here. He's been making tons of phone calls, trying to get deals done. Nobody's moving anybody. Trades are not happening. So I, I, I think that's a little unfair. That's, that's my opinion on it. So... I mean, I look at the situation and go, this offseason is critical for the, the organization, for Chuck Fletcher. Absolutely. He brought in Kevin Hayes. Was that a good move for last year? It was a really good move. He also went into his first full season as the Flyers GM with no Nolan Patrick. He also had a player just up and retire on him when he traded for that player with two years left on his, on his contract to be a top-pairing defenseman. So... I think that's being a little bit unfair. All right, John McFadden tweets in. He says, can we talk rebuild? He said, Giroux is coming off cap. Expansion draft can take JVR Voracek. Flyers fans will be good with a rebuild or a, quote, process. This team is just so far away. Okay. Um, first of all, Giroux's not coming off the cap. He's got another year on his contract. Um, so I, I don't know if I would call it rebuild or retool. It doesn't matter what you call it. But a, a rebuild would be, is pronounced. It's multiple years. I don't think that that's in the cards, number one. And is the team, I know right now, after that March, they look like they're really far away. But remember, just eight months ago, they were one of the top teams in the East. <laughs> so are they that far away? Can young players get some mojo back and start looking like they're arcing in the right direction? Absolutely they can. So is this me just being optimistic? Is this me being level-headed? Is this me being rational or irrational? I don't know. I don't think they're as far away as they feel right now. And I don't think they were as close as they felt heading into the pause last year. 
if that makes sense. Josh tweets in, he says, keep Voracek to expose for the expansion draft, trade Giroud to a playoff contender to get prospects or picks, get a veteran forward in free agency like Getzlaff or Stahl, sign Hamilton. I would also sign a veteran goalie like Rene or Hank, who has been on top of the NHL goaltending world. Um, okay, the Voracek part we've talked about uh, for expansion. Uh, trade Giroud to a playoff contender to get prospects or picks. Okay, Nobody is going to be able to trade for a contract like Jeru's in this flat cap world right now. That's I, I just don't think that that's possible. Look, I, I know that you want to make core change, and I understand why. But I just don't think that that's possible right now. I, as far as getting a veteran forward in free agency like Getzlaff or Stahl, eh, I'd rather not. I'd rather get something younger and, and better for more of a long-term future than I would a Ryan Getzlaff, who's certainly on the closing holes of a back nine, and Eric Stahl as well, who was just dealt to Montreal last week. Sign Hamilton? I like Hamilton. Uh, Mikey D. of the uh, OMB podcast says, talk to Gostas Bear about terminating his contract on unconditional waivers, trade for Bertuzzi, and re-sign Bernier. So sign Jonathan Bernier as a uh, your backup goaltender or your tandem goaltender, whatever you want to call it. And he said also start dialoguing with Seattle on what it will take to get them to select Voracek and expansion, go all in on Seth, a Seth Jones trade and draft no one shorter than 6-3. Well, you know how I feel about Seth Jones. It's going to be an expensive trade, and then you have to obviously extend him, which if you're trading for him, you're going to have talks with the agent and be able to do that. And as soon as you trade for him, you could extend him because he'd be going into the final year. Um, uh, I don't know what Brian Elliott's future is, uh, if he's going to continue playing or if he's going to be here. I'm, I don't know that, but uh, Bernier is a guy that would be a good tandem goaltender. I think he's 32 now, so that, that would be uh, a good thing. As far as Ghost terminating his contract for unconditional waivers, I don't know if he would do that or not, but it's something, I guess, worth uh, investigating. Um, BSL tweets in and says, try to land uh, Savard or maybe Miles Wood without giving up a first or high prospects. Maybe this gives them energy and accountability. I think we're beyond that. I mean, Savard, you're talking about expiring contracts. Um, that, that's true buyer mode. And I don't think anybody right now is in the mood to talk about true buyer mode. All right, last one uh, from Andy McCall. He says, I would trade for a physical winger right now. They are low cost, both in salary and assets. Could a subtle move that helps with the focus issue on this team? Also separate five and six, let Provy play with one and Braun the other. Um, as far as a physical winger, well, who are you talking about? Who's a physical winger that you want to acquire right now that's available and that is low cost in salary and assets? I need to know who that is before I can say I agree or disagree with it. Um, could that be a subtle move that helps with a focus issue? I don't know about that. Uh, I think that a physical winger and a little bit of a banger and a little bit of grit or sandpaper, whatever you want to call it, would help this team. But I got to know who the player is. I, I have no idea. And I don't know that they're low cost in salary and assets. I just don't know. It depends who the player is. Uh, as far as separating five and six and let Provy play with one and Braun the other, okay, I guess if you're going to do that, you, you would put Phil Myers on the right side with Provorov, and then have Justin Braun play with Sanheim. I'm fine with that uh, for, for the time being. Give it a run. See how it goes. If anything, if the team's not going to make the playoffs, and they're not out of it, but they're up against it right now, 
chasing it. If that's the case, then you need as much information and data as you can get to make the best decisions in the offseason based on that information. So I'd be fine with, with that, that part of the equation. Unless you make an acquisition, that changes things. But as far as trying that and trying it for a, a decent amount of time to see if it works and to see if they develop chemistry, then absolutely. I'm totally fine with that. All right, everybody, that was a fun exercise, one I wish we didn't have to do. Uh, but I appreciate all the people who tweeted in. If I didn't get to yours, I'm sorry. I'll try and get to more maybe on tomorrow's episode. There's so many responses, over 70 responses from people. Um, so I'll try and get to a few more uh, coming up on tomorrow's episode as we preview the Flyers and the Islanders. Flyers will be back at it on the island to take on the Islanders and to kick off the month of April. We'll have April hockey. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Day. Bad times, you know I don't have my share. When my woman left